What's it say for a sermon to be on your bulletin? Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, this morning, and most of the last couple weeks, well, let's say the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about a little notebook that we handed out, yes? Yes. And um, yesterday, I was at this event, which was really quite fabulous, but in the midst of it, I found out that I had another person I needed to list in my lost coins sort of thing, right? Remember that, that first group, these are the people that, that you're hoping that God will have power in their life, but you don't, have any, you don't have any idea how to talk to them about it, and you don't have any opening to talk to them about it. They're just lost at the moment, and you're lifting and praying for them, not necessarily that you would talk to them, but that God would talk to them, and if God made it possible for you, you'd walk through the door. That's all it worked, right? You're not making up a plan. You're just asking for an opening. But maybe an opening for somebody else even. So I had somebody that I, that I had to add to the list. And then I, was, I added something I'm very thankful for um, yesterday. Yesterday, Bill Streit and I went down to uh, Pig Roast down in the bustling metropolis of Lamont, Washington. <laughs> and by bustling metropolis, there are 138 people that live in the zip code. Wow. Bustling, yeah. But there were 40, 35, 40 people in, in this uh, spot where we were talking, and these were the churches who had disaffiliated, and in that group, there's a group of those who've been global Methodists, and they're starting to all talk about the same thing, all at the same time, without us saying we should be doing this everybody's starting to say you know what we need to do we need to see each other more often we need to be connected we need right so one of the things that's going to start happening is is that um some of you know that next week i've got somebody that got a box when he was growing up in fiji that's coming to speak he's a global methodist guy from washington so we're being connected he got a box when he was a little boy in Fiji. He's going to come talk to us a little bit about Operation Christmas Child. Out of that, one of the churches in Fossil, Oregon. Now you might be going, there's such a place in Oregon called Fossil? Yes, there is actually. And it is south of Wasco. <laughs> See, you were sort of wondering for helpful directions, and I don't have them. <laughs> If you go down the gorge and you go to Arlington, and then you go south to Fossil. Anyway, she was sort of finding out, he's, he's doing something for me. I asked him to do something. He's finding a slide, right? Um, yeah, that one, that's the one. Anyway, so she was, she was uh, interested. She's, a, she's the lay leader of a church of about 20 from Fossil, Oregon, and she's going, I just heard you say something about uh, Operation Christmas Child. What is that? And so maybe the week after, Bev and I and a couple others are going to zoom into their, their Sunday service and explain the power of Operation Christmas Child to them. They're part of us. And the joy here is that we can actually be more connected to a church in Fossil, Oregon, then maybe we were to Green Bluff. 
Do you know where Green Bluff is? Yes. That was the closest United Methodist Church to us. How, con how connected to them were we? Not very. Did you know that uh, the churches of this, of the inland thing of the United Methodist ones paid so that Green Bluff could have indoor plumbing? Did you know that? So there was some connection. By the way, I was a pastor when that was paid for. And I've been a pastor for 15 years. That means that there was a church in the United Methodist Conference of Washington that didn't have indoor plumbing in the 2000s. Think about that for a second. But, but nonetheless, we're going to be more connected. And, and so I'm very thankful for that. The next thing I've asked is, is there a place where God's sort of working on your heart, right? That's the next one. This is what God has been doing in my heart recently. I have been faced with or asked about or interacted with about 17 times in the last week on what forgiveness is. And this is, this is the one from Sunday morning, this morning on Facebook, and a whole bunch of people I know have liked it and loved this comment. Okay. And last week I was provoked by a song. Do you remember I said that? I was provoked by a song that said there are some problems that only God can fix. And my provo provocation was that there are only problems that God can fix. And we don't have solutions. We have coping strategies. Here's what people are loving about this. If I, for I forgive people, but that doesn't mean I accept their behavior or trust them. I forgive them for me so I can let go and move on with my life. Ick. I just want to say, ick. I am provoked. Do you think that God forgave us so that he could have peace of mind? <laughs> Didn't he already have that? Why did God forgive us? God forgave us because he wanted to have relationship with us and restore us. And we pray this prayer. Do you know what we pray in a prayer? Forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't forgive people so that we can have peace of mind. Certainly, if we forgive people, we have peace of mind. Okay, I'm not saying that that's incorrect. What I'm saying is it's incomplete. Incomplete. Do you think that God trusts us after we've asked for forgiveness? Does he not know exactly who we are? He, he trusts us to be us and to walk away again and to need forgiveness again and all of that stuff. But he still restores us because he wants to have relationship with us. I need to talk to you about this. Do you know why the American Christian church has almost no power? Because it thinks this is Christianity. I forgive them so I can let go and move on with my life. Yes, it would be good to let go and move on with your life. But this itself is Buddhism light. Do you understand that Buddhism says you should help the poor and the lame and all that? But not for them. They deserve that stuff. You should do it so that you can move on in your journey better. Do you, do you hear the ick? No, you don't, you don't help the poor and the lame in Buddhism because they need help, but because you need to do good works and earn your way forward 
They deserve to be poor and lame. They've earned it in their past life, and that's the way they should be. That's Buddhism. Ew. But that's not the teachings of Christ. The teachings of Christ are that we have been forgiven and restored. Do you know what it means to be restored? It means that God has paid the price so that you can come back into relationship with him and be different than you used to be. So here's the statement, right? I don't accept their behavior or trust them. Do you think God accepts your previous behavior? No, he, he paid a really big price so that you could stop and be changed and different. But the only way that's gonna happen is if you come and start rubbing up against him in a relationship. And the only way you can come and rub up against Jesus in a relationship is if you've been forgiven and restored back into that relationship. Does that mean you're done being bad at stuff? No, it means you're on a journey. Do you, do, you under, do you understand why I'm talking about this today? Do we want to have power, the power of love and forgiveness in our lives? Yes. So let's understand what it really is. Do you think that God forgives and forgets? No. He, 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 our, our Lord is not suffering from some form of dementia that he doesn't remember what he forgave. But the biblical picture, right, is that, that he's not brooding. So he puts the sin aside and the pain it causes him. And by the way, it causes him pain for his children to be rebellious against him. Do you know what rebelliousness is? No, I know you want me to do it, but no. I know you really would like me to love these people, but I don't want it. I'm not gonna. I know you would like me to obey my parents, but no. See, do you, do you see how really the real sin of our life is rebellion? We, we, we hear God saying, here's a way to be good at life. No, I don't want to do that. I want to do it my way. I'm in charge. And he goes, please stop. You know, when you do that, you hurt people. You hurt yourself. You hold yourself back. You don't have to be that way anymore. But in order to do that, he came into our lives and forgave us. And how did he do that? He pitched his tent amongst us. Or, as uh, we're about to do in Advent, we celebrate that he came and lived amongst us as a human. That's what Philippians 2 is about, right? That he, he left his throne of glory and came and lived here. And then at the end, for a purpose, the Eastern Orthodox Church does this a little better than we do, recognizing that the moment Jesus was born, the cross was inevitable. The second he was on earth, he would never leave his people in the same spot. That was his goal, to move us, to change us, to say, oh, they need help. So let me ask you this question. If you knew somebody that was in the swimming pool drowning and you're holding the little donut, do you throw it or not? Why, why do you throw it? 
so you can rescue them because you have pity upon them and you go, oh, that looks bad. I don't want to do that. I would like them to stop having that problem. <laughs> now, now, I can tell you that my own experience with this is in a canoe at a big brother, little brother camp when I was, we were at Camp Reed and, and that's in Spokane. Some of you don't know Camp Reed, but Camp Reed has a false bottom on the lake. And so the lake always looks five feet deep, but it's really not. What it is, is it's got this growth of stuff that, that if you're about five feet tall and you're swimming, your feet are in that, which makes it kind of hard to swim. Well, we were doing this big brother, little brother thing, and um, you know, splashing the canoe next to us with our paddles, not really knowing what we were doing. And one of those canoes flips over now, Canoes going over is not that hard to produce. All you have to do is have all three people in the canoe do the same thing at the same time. And over that thing will roll. Well, one of the little boys in our thing was sort of bonked by the canoe. Sort of bonked by the canoe. Do we just go, that's too bad for him. We don't know him no more. <laughs> no. No. You, you're, you're with him. You do that. Look, every... All the, all the college kids that were there had had Lifesaver. So we all knew how to do it. I just happened to be closer. But, but it didn't, you know, I didn't do it on my own. I had help from the other guys too. The other guys got the canoe tipped over. We got onto the edge, right? We got everybody back safe. But it takes somebody caring enough about somebody else, right? The lost coins in our life. There, struggling in the deep end of something. But so are we. Yeah? Is there some deep end that you're struggling in? Maybe it's struggling to forgive people. Is there somebody in your life that you would love to be forgiven by? Yeah. Get one of those. Or seven. How about somebody that you think, maybe if they just knew that they were forgiven, that I wasn't holding against them, we could start over. That's called struggling in the deep end, isn't it? You're holding the donut. Throw the donut. But forgiveness isn't, isn't this thing. So forgiveness is very simply, in my mind, in my Christian experience, in my theological answer, it is this. The Lord God made people, and he loves them dearly, and he made them specifically to be who they're supposed to be. And all of them have gone awry and are without a way to make it happen. Yeah, is this the Christian story? Yes. And so he came down and lived amongst us and paid the price for every single one of them. Now, how does that work at the cross? Well, it works because he's the Lord God Almighty. And as in the story of Noah says, the sacrifices and the blood all belongs to him. And so all those sacrifices of the Old Testament don't really work because the owner of the blood is not offering them. The owner of the blood offered the blood. And, and what he essentially said is, 
I know you're rebellious and you can't pay the price. You're struggling in the deep end. I've got the donut. And he throws the donut to us. But the picture in the Bible is, is that he's got this sin that's always before the Lord God Almighty. And what he does in forgiveness is he sets it aside and stops brooding over it. You know what it means to brood over something? That person did it. They always did it. If we're going to be forgiven, and by the way, I'm not saying it's particularly easy to accept forgiveness from God for those things, because one of the things you have to do is sort of accept that you did it. Or as we used to say in the witnessing world, the gospel is offensive by itself. It doesn't need an offensive presentation. What do we mean it's offensive by itself? You blew it. And you have to find some way to say to somebody, you didn't do right. And all your habits line up exactly in the same way, and you're still not doing right, and so you need a change. Do you understand that that could be fairly offensive to somebody? If they've never heard that they're doing it wrong. And you know how well uh, humans like to be corrected. <laughs> and so let's say this. So when we receive correction and an invitation to come into the presence of God, it doesn't mean we're right. It means it's time for us to change and we recognize the need for a change and we would like to rub up against him and be changed and formed into his people. Yes? But the power of forgiveness in us is that we start rubbing up against other people and they can be changed. And the only way for us to do that is to understand that forgiveness is so much more than forgive and forget. And maybe it would be better if they were over there. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you want power in your life with Christ? Forgive and restore. Does that mean that you accept their behavior? No, it means you recognize their behavior and you know that they're that person and you still think they're valuable enough to be in relationship with. Think about that for a second. That's a profoundly different thought than, well, I'll just forgive them if they just stay over there and we don't have to interact very much. Because that's the way many of us treat forgiveness, isn't it? I'm not making this up. I've got years and years of experience doing this. All on my own. <laughs> I don't need to, to look deeply into your hearts and go, man, they're bad at this. I've got enough of this dick inside of me. I don't need to preach at you. You can just sit here and listen as I preach at me. But if we want this done, if we want to love the Lord our God and his people, then we have to learn that, there, that forgiveness is a big, huge, massive undertaking. You're even going to have to forgive some people of something that other people did to you when they do something similar. 
you know what I mean by that? When my Uncle Bob used to always beat me upside the head, this guy touched me on the side of the head and I flinched and I spent that my Uncle Bob used to do that. I'm mad at Jim now. No, you have to forgive Jim for Bob's problems because Jim wasn't Bob. And I'm making up names, right? You understand. But you can put your own names in here. I don't know what else to say to you, but I'm going to read what I posted on Facebook this morning. Now, I did not post on their place, and I'll tell you why. I saw a recent post on forgiveness of others that spoke about it as that we may be free without accepting their behaviors or replacing our trust in the other. These things are true, but God did not forgive us just so he could have peace of mind. No, he forgave us so we could be restored to him. This post is here and not there, not attached, because it didn't want to troll the poster, and they're lovely. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know if you post a long post on somebody and you're correcting them, it's trolling? And you know what a troll is? They're the, they're the critter that lives under the bridge, grabs your ankle on the way by. But God's idea of forgiveness is so much more than I no longer hold a grudge. His forgiveness restores us into his relationship with him. His sacrifice on our behalf sets aside the pain that our rebellions caused him for the sake of that relationship. Restored. If he can forgive and restore us with complete, utterly complete knowledge of how rebellious we've been, and he does, because he did, we must not ever limit the power of forgiveness granted in our lives to just our own satisfaction. That is to forgive and forget. Does that mean that God accepts our previous behavior? May it never be. You recognize I'm trying to use a thoroughly biblical phrase there. May it never be. But in relationship with him, we are called out of who we used to be into a place, a country, a relationship that we were made for. Does that mean he trusts us? He knows us and loves us and calls us knowing we are not trustworthy. May we never be satisfied with, with less than forgive and restore people called into his marvelous light. Now, where am I getting this? Where am I getting all this? Well, Luke 11, right? That's the spot where Jesus' disciples come up to him and they say, hey, we don't really know how to talk to God. Would you teach us how to do that? And he says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever May we be called into that. Ever onward. Always forward. 
not ever completed. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, as we, as we, uh, as we learn to forgive, help us live in the power and the relationship that you've granted us, which is so much more than we could possibly earn or even imagine. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen.